Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Lateral Show. Fasten your seatbelts, because here we go. is the lateral show third time's the charm really got to make sure you don't forget the name of this program i am herms at herms nfl that is where you can find me on the internet well twitter specifically don't try and find me anywhere else and i am joined as always by mclateral at mclateral ff on the tweeter how's it going my dude it's going you know it's, it's a it's a tuesday there's no football Monday was yesterday. So you're already like starting from a down, you know, it's like, it is what it is. It was national pepperoni pizza day. So I had some pepperoni pizza, but that's about it. I may be doing that at the conclusion of this recording. That That's, you know, that's, yeah. I have some leftover from the weekend. You know, I'm pretty, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm also looking forward to this show. We get to talk about week three coming up. Woohoo! We are, you know, seasons rolling right along. And we got some, you know, buy low sell high candidates that we can discuss and then uh, we'll get to some mailbag questions it's going to be super fun um and as always be sure to check us out on twitter at the lateral ff and check out the website www.thelateralff.com that's where you can find our written content that's where you can find pictures of stuff and numbers about stuff and it's super great so without any further ado uh let's get into on my soapbox the thing where we rant about stuff and then move on to actually talking about football. I will start off first by saying I don't really have anything to contribute. I really don't. So in the interest of keeping things moving, <laughs> there you go. All right. On to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it's really just, you know, after two weeks, there's nothing worse than outsmarting yourself. Um, I think we're starting to get to the point where we have enough of a sample size where you can really do that. Um, for me, like, you know, Antonio Brown looked really good week one had that rapport we thought with Tom Brady DJ Moore looked like he was maybe in a more crowded wide receiver group than initially thought. So I was like, you know what? I'll play Antonio Brown over DJ Moore. They'll both be good. So, you know, just going to continue to ride that upside and no, uh, did not go well at all. Um, so you know what? DJ Moore is now staying in that lineup. If he has a down game, he has a down game, but like he's the better wide receiver. He's got that ridiculous upside that myself and Zach from the lateral uh we both thought he really had so i'm just rolling with it from here on out i'm not going to outsmart myself you know just push forward and yeah, no more and marquez valdez scantling again i like put him up on a prayer because i didn't think i was going to win this game anyway and it's like i don't believe in this guy but if he's <laughs> really getting that target share and i'm wrong then i'll take advantage of it and i'll win this game i wasn't supposed to anyway and then it turns out i'm winning the game and I almost lose because I played Marquez Valdez Scantling. I should have just played Tim Patrick, a guy I believe in, a guy I told people to go out and get, who I did go out and get, but he was then on my bench. And yeah, yeah it was it was almost a mess. Almost. So yeah. And we were able 
we were able to uh, commiserate a little bit because we made uh, mirroring Antonio Brown over DJ Moore <laughs> decisions in separate leagues. And just, oh, God. Well, yeah. the other problem was like we thought the Saints would be good. And they weren't. Yeah, I mean, and they aren't. Gee, that, oh, God. And that's a whole other thing. Real quickly before we move on to our little uh, hot seat section of the, you know, buy low, sell highs. Uh, I'm, I already dropped Marquez Callaway on our home league. I'm giving up. I'm done. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I would be dropping him too. I think I, in a good game, he didn't produce. In a bad game, he didn't produce. I don't think he has the tools to actually utilize a true wide receiver run role, one role when the defense is targeting him as such. I think we're really seeing that. And that doesn't help that his quarterback can't like appropriately utilize him either. Yeah, it's 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 not great. Uh, RIP, my sweet prince. Uh all right. Well, we got some interesting names to go over. Uh you know, just buy low, sell high. It's obviously a little tougher to do in redraft than it is in dynasty, but hey, you know, we're through a couple weeks. There are some interesting names to throw out there and you know, kind of discuss a little bit. And uh, we can start with you uh, at the quarterback position. Uh, who are a couple of players that you are looking to buy low or sell high as we head into week three of the NFL season? Yeah, so I'm going to buy low on Josh Allen. I think that he he's having some accuracy issues. That deep ball that was accurate last year is not as accurate this year. But I think he can get back to that. The offense as a whole is still clicking similar to how it was last year though again Stefan Diggs is really being hurt and we're going to touch on that here in a couple minutes um you know there is real upside to Josh Allen and so I think I would buy low on him um though there is another quarterback I would definitely buy low on honestly like you know maybe a couple um and you're going to mention one of them here but then I would maybe sell high on Jalen Hurts my thing is I kind of still believe in Jalen Hurts so I'm not personally selling high. Um, but if you don't believe in Jalen Hurts and you've wound up with Jalen Hurts, like I think we've kind of seen the two potential kind of the games that he can have, one where he is efficient, one where he does get some passing touchdowns, and one where he has to rely on his legs. Um, so, you know, he got well through both. He's a guy I'd personally want to hold on to. But if we're talking about someone you have to sell high, like if I had to sell high on someone, it would be Jalen. I feel you, you know, and I, I'm one of those people. I tend to believe in Jalen Hurts. I probably wouldn't really be looking to move, but I get it. And speaking of players, well, more specifically, quarterbacks who occasionally rely on their legs, uh, my buy low is uh, Ryan Tannehill, you know, and between the two of us, we talked about him a lot heading into the season. Like, yo, ever since he became the starter in Tennessee, dudes absolutely have been balling the fuck out. Yeah, I get that. You know, the Titans offense has been a little weird through the first couple of weeks because of it. Like, we don't even need to discuss the nightmare against Arizona. But, you know, aside from Derrick Henry really going off and getting his against Seattle, it was still a little strange. But, you know, they're still working with this group of players in this offense. You know what I mean? Like the integration of Julio Jones or whatever. Like, it's been, they'll have to figure it out eventually. But, you know, history dictates that. Ryan Tannehill will probably figure it out in this scenario. I believe in it, whatever. Just, you know, if anybody's panicking on that, it's up to them. And then uh, sell high, uh, Daniel Jones, because look, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I will not be duped again. <laughs> like, 
look at his history, you know, and look back at his game logs and stuff. Like, he'll have these little stretches where, you know, he'll really in. He'll blow up a little bit. He'll do just enough to get you. And then, boom, disappointment because he's Daniel Jones. I'm not ready to change my mind because, like, I need to see some stuff for an extended period of time. Now, have these last couple weeks been good? Sure. But do it a couple more times, and then we'll talk, Danny. But until that time, I want nothing to do with it. If you can get rid of Daniel Jones, absolutely, by all means, do it. Yeah, for me, I I think I'm actually buying a bit into Daniel Jones, uh, particularly due to his rushing usage. Like, he's got the number three rushing attempts, I think, in all of the NFL amongst quarterbacks, which is wild. I think that's something we haven't seen from him before. So because he's being used in that way, I'd still kind of want to get him, especially because it's basically still free in a lot of leagues. I'm looking at their schedule, though. The thing is, like, Falcons this week is a good matchup. So I don't think I want to sell him for that. I might want to sell him after if I think that week one was the norm for the Saints and week two is the aberration. The Giants get the Saints the week after this. Then they get the Cowboys, which, like, could be fine. And then they get the Rams on October 17th. And I have to tell you, there is no amount of amazing that Daniel Jones can be playing for me to play him against the Rams. Full stop. Yeah, I. Uh, that's just that's it, it's a risky proposition. And hey, you know, honestly, in, you know, super flex or two quarterback leagues, you're probably holding on to Daniel Jones just for the sake of, well, you have to play two quarterbacks. But, you know, man, that it, it really could be difficult. It absolutely could be. Um, and then, you know, speaking of the Rams, uh, I do believe you have a member of the Rams to discuss in your running backs to buy low and sell high. Yeah. So um, I'm first going to touch on the guy I'm buying low on, who's Jonathan Taylor. There's been a stat floating around about how he's had, I think, 10 uh, red zone, uh, like goal to go attempts. Um, you can find the stat floating around on Twitter. So if I'm slightly off, you know, forgive me. But basically, he seems to be coming down with the case of Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the long and short of it. He can't get into the end zone. And I think that's going to change. I think he's got the talent to do it. I think as Jacob Eason becomes the starting quarterback, they'll have to rely on the ground game more. I think it will work for them. And so, yeah, I'll buy low on Jonathan Taylor. Uh, And then I'm selling high on Daryl Henderson, who I like. I got him at a value. I've liked his performance so far. I have concerns that he's already gotten injured. This is a team that's been hesitant to trust him fully over the course of a season in the past. And Sony Michelle looked good in relief. So, you know, if you could sell high on Daryl Henderson to get someone like a Jonathan Taylor or similar, you know, I'd do it. I wouldn't like necessarily do it to get like a Miles Gaskin. I would argue that's not selling high. Um, but, you know, if you could get someone that you believe has top 12 talent, by trading away Daryl Henderson, like absolutely do that. Yeah. I mean, throw him in a nice package deal, you know, throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks, you know? I mean, honestly, and like I was telling you before we started recording, there's a couple leagues where I have Daryl Henderson where it's like, you know, I'm glad to have acquired him at the value that I did in my draft. But at the same time, dude, if he continues to ball out, you know, they traded for Sony Michelle, the aforementioned Sony Michelle, because they were a little nervous about, you know, because I want to say it was a thumb injury or something in the preseason. And then just like, yeah, his history of not really being trusted. So, yeah, I definitely feel you on that for certain. And then just quickly on Jonathan Taylor, like, yeah, I know he only had that one target in the passing game last week, but it'll 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 be fine. It'll be fine. And, you know, who else will be fine in terms of, you know, concern over lack of involvement or what have you? 
Uh, Antonio Gibson, that is my buy low running back for sure. And look, full stop. There's always going to be an ounce of bias as a Washington football supporter living in the DC area. I love Antonio Gibson. I, you know, he's, he's a good player, but I'm not going to let the JD McKissick involvement necessarily deter me fully from what I initially thought of Antonio Gibson. Because if you remember, and you go back and check my preseason rankings, like, you know, I thought of Antonio Gibson as a high RB two. I was not one of the people comfortable saying, Oh, he'll be a bonafide RB one. Cause a lot of things still had to break his way. And yes, he's off the field in certain situations that you really don't want him to be off the field on, but Hey man, you know, Gibby, he's a good player. He's a good player. I think that, you know, things will eventually get right for him. And then I'm completely with you on the selling high of Daryl Henderson. You know, so we put down the same thing. We don't really need to rehash that. So I'm good to move on to wide receiver if you are. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. So I've got two guys you could buy low on potentially. So Adam Thielen had a comparatively down week, uh, you know, compared to week one. Still performed pretty well. If you can get someone that's like at all a little concerned about Adam Thielen because he didn't finish top 24, I think he was just outside in week two. Um, checks notes here to make sure that I wasn't looking at standard scoring. Robot, um, please vamp. But let's see here. Yeah, Adam Thielen, wide receiver 29. Couldn't have been closer. Uh, so, yeah. So, if you have someone who's concerned that he finished wide receiver 29, it may be, oh, the end that we all thought is coming for Adam Thielen is, coming, is like, just go get him. Absolutely. Because I think he's much closer to being the wide receiver four that he is currently season long than he is the wide receiver 29 that he was last week. Uh, he's somewhere in the middle to be fair. Uh, Stefan Diggs also performing pretty poorly, much like Josh Allen. He's definitely someone I'd want to buy low on as well, because as Josh Allen will get better, so will Stefan Diggs. Um, but I want to sell high on Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans is incredibly talented. I think all the wideouts in Tampa Bay are incredibly talented, but as I discussed on my soapbox, like I'm, I'm not touching, I'm not touching Tampa. Honestly, other than Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, maybe the defense. And the reason kind of is I can sort of afford to potentially because like right now I could sell high on Mike Evans. You don't have to play Antonio Brown because of where you got him. You don't have to play the running backs if you got them because you got them at a value as well. And like Tom Brady, absolutely play him. He's going to be lights out. Someone from that wideout group is going to be lights out, but you don't know who it's going to be. And so that's why I want to sell high on Mike Evans. Yeah. And, you know, I think as the season evolves and we get a little more, I mean, it's always going to be a little messy for certain, but you know, once we get into, you know, like week four or five, six, we'll be able to pick up on certain trends. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I certainly don't blame you at all. And like, even we saw this from Mike Evans last year, it was very frustrating because at times he was basically just used as like a red zone tight end almost, <laughs> you know, like just he'd have these games where we're just like two catches for seven yards, but he just happened to haul in a couple touchdowns. And it's like, woohoo, my day is salvaged. You know, if you want to continue to play that game, uh, go for it. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that for sure. And, uh, you know, speaking of wide receivers, yeah, there wasn't really a good transition there. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm buying low on Robert Woods because here's the thing, man. Look, and credit where credit's due, Cooper Cup has been absolutely fucking fantastic, and we will discuss him later in the show because I believe, if I remember correctly, it's one of the mailbag questions. But at the same time, 
if you look at his target share that he has received through these first three weeks, it is still above the norm of the expected target share of even the most dominant wide receivers in the league. Because, like, for instance, and we talked about this on a couple separate occasions, especially even in our uh, wide receiver, you know, positional preview show at the beginning of the offseason or end of the offseason, however time works, like Devontae Adams, a guy, you know, receiving like a 30% share, you know, like that's kind of like the max you're going to see eventually. So it's like, look, I do think Robert Woods will be able to see just a little more work because there's something that Cooper Cup can afford to give away to him so that both guys can be effective. If anybody's worried about Robert Woods in your league, go ahead, go for it, scoop him up. I think it'll be fine. They can they can support more than one guy out there for sure. And then my uh, sell high, uh, Debo Samuel, just because I feel like, I think we've talked about it, if I remember correctly, you know, it's like the weird frustrations around Brandon Ayuk, but he'll he'll come back into the fold eventually. It, it seems whether he's in Shanahan's doghouse or it really is just an injury-related thing, not really something I feel comfortable speculating on on this program right now. But regardless, like things should theoretically turn around. And for as much as I like Debo Samuel, the player, we can't really expect this type of output constantly. So there it is. That's what I got for the wide receiver shit. And uh, normally this is where, I would, you know, we've been taking turns, but I'll just go very quickly at tight end because tight end just like, who the fuck knows? You really only have a handful of guys that are doing stuff. So my contribution to this is Noah Fant, question mark. I'm shrugging my shoulders because in an audio medium, you can't tell that I'm doing that, but it's happening. Uh, Noah Fant? <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's tough to buy low on Noah Fant given how he's performing. He's not performing that low. Um, you could buy reasonably priced on Noah Fant. Um, but I think it's honestly tough to buy low on most of the tight ends. There's two that stand out, Mark Andrews, but I still have questions about how the passing game is gonna shake out for uh the ravens mark andrews has trended more towards being touchdown dependent and less towards monster target share which is an issue um but i would definitely buy low on san francisco 49ers tight end george kittle he has underperformed to date debo's really been killing it they've really been targeting the wide receivers but kittle's still so damn good i think that like having top 12 performances week in and week out from him are pretty much a lock. I think he'll continue to rise up. I would go get him now if you can. But the problem is, I don't think there's anyone I'd really sell high on at the moment. I don't yeah. think it's a seller's. I don't. I don't think it's a buyer's market at tight end. If you have a good one, you should probably be keeping him. Like I have Noah Fant in one league. I don't see any way that I'm trading Noah Fant. Um, you know, unless I get a really good deal. You know, you're obviously always open to anything. Um, but like, I'm, I'm not dying to move an elite tight end if I have an elite tight end. Yeah. And I, I don't blame you because, and you know, in, you know, this is something that the two of us really hammered into the ground in the early part of this process. Like the only tight ends that have a minimum of double digit targets, that meaning 10 count them 10 folks. The lowest one is tight end 17, and that is the aforementioned Mark Andrews. Like, if the worst you're going to end up seeing double-digit targets through these two weeks is tight end 17, like, you know, again, not super great, but you could be doing a hell of a lot worse. And if we look, you know, 
just run down the list of the top four, just to like well, top five, just to like really approve a point before we move on. Kelsey, 15 targets. Gronkowski, 13. Hawkinson, 19. Darren Waller, holy shit, 26. And <laughs> Noah Fant, 14. Your top five, you know, all have around-ish, about 15 targets through two weeks. So, like, if you're, yeah, like, if you're finding a guy that's doing all that, and, like, you know, just, I'm going to sneak on down the list there to tight end eight in PPR scoring. Uh, Kyle Pitts, just, you know, still 14 targets. So, if you're one of those people panicking about him, please, for the love of God, don't. Like, yeah, yeah, it's really not the time to get rid of that. There's You can't. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I would say here are the tight ends that I think have to be rostered in 100% of leagues. Darren Waller, Hawkinson, Kelsey, Pitts, Fant, Gronkowski, Jared Cook. For the record, this is not in the order that I have them ranked. I just, these yes, are the do. ones that I think should be rostered. Um, Logan Thomas, Johnny Smith, and Mark Johnny Andrews. Smith, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like at that point, you're starting to really think about it. You know, like I don't think there's anyone else that has to be rostered. You know, we've seen some flashes from some guys uh, like Cole Komet. You know, we thought that seven targets, you know, all right, great. We're right to where we were thinking we were going to be in week one. And then he sees one target in week two. And it's like, what the heck happened? Like the logic was sound and it just totally fell out. One guy I'm monitoring. And if you read the waiver wire, article from tuesday uh pat fryermuth is trending in the right direction so i would start monitoring him i would start scooping him up seeing what's going to happen especially if deontay johnson is injured you know that will open up some targets potentially for fryermuth a guy that they've definitely invested in and who's less messy than someone like max williams who i don't think we'll see seven targets again this season Probably not. No, you know, and and good call on Frymuth for sure because you know, man, dude, you know, I mean, Steelers fan in the building. Whoa, I love to see it in the preseason with the red zone opportunities that he got. You know, hey, dude, that continues to open up. You know, Eric Ebron went away a lot faster than I thought he would. So, I mean, shit, egg on my face. At least I'm cool with it though because it helps my real NFL favorite team. So, woohoo! But yeah, no, dude, I I'm with you. It's I don't God. I, if there's one more name I kind of want to just throw at the wall just to see, like, you know, we got kind of hints that maybe Blake Jarwin would be a little out of it after week one, but he still was a little bit involved. And then this past week he was involved a little more. So maybe, but even then I'm only just saying it for the sake of saying it. So like, I don't know. Yeah. Tight end is, it's a fucking, it's a fucking mess as is the week three schedule for the NFL season. A lot of things kind of messy here. Um, And we start with the Thursday night game that, like, look, okay, on paper, seems like it could be boring. I'm actually really looking forward to this because here's the thing, man. Like, we haven't seen Christian McCaffrey in primetime in a while. Him and the Carolina Panthers going up against the Houston Texans being led by quarterback... Davis Mills. Davis Mills. The rule. Well, yeah. Oh, so just, uh, real quick for you dynasty players out there. Uh, if you just want to go ahead and move uh, Davis Mills and get that second round pick right now, please go for it before he fucks up. Because it is not going to be pretty. That Carolina defense is going to absolutely destroy them. By the time you're hearing to this, uh, hearing this podcast, I hope that you put in those claims for the Carolina Panthers DST, because I'll tell you, 
It's going to be a feast. I'm really looking forward to watching that. And I don't It's weird that the thing I'm looking forward to most in a matchup is for the DST. But I mean, honestly, I am. I really am. That's really, I mean, well, I'm also seeing Christian McCaffrey. Like I said, that'll be fun. But I mean, any other things you have to talk about? Because I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's really only one team participating in this for fantasy purposes. <laughs> no, this is going to be a bloodbath. Um, I think the Panthers have looked good. I think they've looked good on both sides of the ball. That defense has been impressive, and they are like just lock it up, go and get them. Um, if you listen to my, if you read my week too early waiver column last week, you potentially already have them. Um, which, if you read the one that's going to come out tomorrow, you'll see that uh, just because I get some things right, don't get all of them right. Week week uh, week two week too early waiver claims were rough. Um, it was right on Teddy Bridgewater, and that was like about it. I feel much better about the picks for this week, though, including that Panthers defense. Uh, and like, you know, maybe continuing to see what Sam Darnold and DJ Moore get cooking, but it's really it's going to be a massacre. I'm, I'm willing to move on to Colts Titans, which I think could be equally disastrous. And it's going to be an interesting get right opportunity for both teams, uh, probably more so for the Titans because they have their starting quarterback. Um, Carson Wentz, a double sprained ankle, question mark? Uh, that's going to be fun. Okay. Uh, you know, we we touched on it a little earlier. You know, Jacob Eason potentially under center. I mean, like, things could change between now and then. But let's just say for all intents and purposes, Carson Wentz does not play. Actually, well, fuck it. Does, does it really matter who plays He got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. That is true. <laughs> he got no legs. That is like, true. Like, I, I don't see how Carson Wentz with two sprained ankles can play this game, which means Jacob Eason is going to be under center. And like, I think that could end up being just as bad as Davis Mills under center for the Texans. The one thing at least that Eason has going for him is that the Titans are not a good defense, but that offense could absolutely tear up the Colts and then the Colts would have to come back. And that's something I don't have a ton of faith in them doing. If they can somehow though, use their defense to control the game script, there is a chance that the Colts could win this if it stays largely in neutral or positive game script for them. Very true. Very true. And, you know, and for as much as we talk about, you know, like the Colts defense is stout. It is, you know, objectively speaking on paper, a tough matchup. This shouldn't have to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway, just for the sake, because I'm sure there are some people. Are you nervous about starting any of the pass catchers for the Titans? I feel like I know what the answer to this question is for you, but again, Kind of just feel like it not, had to be said. Not the ones I was going to start. Like, I wasn't going to start Anthony Ferkser, so I'm not nervous about starting him. But, like, yeah. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, yeah, lock them, load them. Julio's yeah. back, and A.J. Brown's going to get there. So, I'm not that worried. I would say the more important question is, are you willing to start any of the pass catchers for the Colts? Because with as bad as this Titans defense is, I think there's still a chance for some of them. Like, I've got, like... I've touted Zach Pascal as a positive matchup for this game. And like, I think now you definitely have to take that with a grain of salt because of the quarterback situation, but I don't think it's impossible that that hits. Zach Pascal is definitely somebody I'm looking at for sure. I think that could pay off and like, Hey, he's been involved for the first couple of weeks. Definitely. And also like the only other name that I would throw out there. Well, Actually, shit, I probably should have mentioned this when we were talking about tight ends. Now, again, I don't have like a ton of confidence in this, but, 
you know, as Jack a Jack Doyle. Doyle. Yeah, yeah, he did I, eight targets. You know, if you had to, if you're throwing up a hail mary, I mean, like, Christ, you could do a lot worse than Jack Doyle. I mean, we we've seen him in the past be good. So, I mean, if you have to, if you have to roll it out, I guess. But I mean, I'm and, not expecting consistency. Neither am I. But you know, it's 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 the tight end is a fickle beast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, because like I said, this this drops on Wednesdays every week. Listeners, you know this. If Zach Pascal is still out there in your leagues, even if you don't play him right away, he should be on your because I mean, hasn't he been written about on our site enough times at yep. this point? Like, come on, yep. come on, go out, go out and get him. Just see what happens. Do what you got to do. And uh, yeah, I don't really have any other thoughts on this, which kind of leads us into an interesting game between the Atlanta Falcons and the New York football giants, even though the New York baseball giants haven't played in New York in decades at this point, but Hey, nicknames, they don't really go away at this point. So yeah, uh, we, we already talked a little bit about Daniel Jones. I'm not really going to say anything about him. I mean, I'll leave the floor open for you if you want to discuss that and any sort of things on the giants. We pretty much covered really- it. Yeah, so I mean, like, I'm really focused on the Falcon side of the ball, and I gotta say, like, okay, first of all, I stand by the fact that they really should have drafted Justin Fields. They really should have drafted Justin Fields. Like, look, I like Kyle Pitts, I do, but Jesus, God, Matt Ryan's okay. But that's I, I'm gonna stop myself before I let myself get any further with that. Okay, fantasy relevant things. Cordero Patterson, what up? Okay, what's the level of confidence on a scale of one being nah, he's sitting on my bench to five? Like, oh, I'm definitely throwing this guy in my lineup. How you feeling about Cordero Patterson? You could flex him, but I'm not dying to rush him into my lineup. I am, however, trying to roster him. I think he's someone where it's like, I want to be a week too early getting him onto my bench, but I am I'm not so sure that I'm like dying to throw him into this game um, necessarily, especially because like the Giants were solid against the Washington football team. That defense, I think, could be a solid play this week. Matt Ryan has looked bad. Um, on the other hand, I'd much rather play him than Mike Davis. I feel, oh my God, dude, this Mike Davis experiment is already gone really fucking poorly. And hey, we tried to tell you, we tried to tell you, but oh man, God. And hey, we may have been a little wrong about, you know, Wayne Gallman being the threat, but hey, dude, Cordero Patterson, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm throwing that guy out there. I feel pretty good about it, you know, but as far as like the, I mean, yeah. Gosh, you may have already missed your chance to add him by the time that you're listening to this. But if you haven't, please, dear God, dear God, add Corderelson. Uh, Corderelson. There we go. New nickname. Please add Corderelson to your bench. I'm rolling with it. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And again, Speaking I will say of nicknames. Let the record yeah. show. The New York Football Giants is not a nickname. It is actually the legal name for that NFL franchise. Oh my gosh, I had no clue. Yes. <laughs> what? Wow, no, no, dude. that is still to this day the legal name of the New York Giants. They are the New York Football Giants. Well, I mean, hey, I get, well, I mean, given the popularity of the baseball team back in the day, yeah. Well, yeah, well, we don't need to spiral this out into a history lesson on baseball, but uh, hey, fun facts. The more you know 
I don't really have anything else to say other than my constant reminder. Please relax on Kyle Pitts if you were. Ugh, I don't know. I feel like I need to continue to say that. Uh, Chargers, Chiefs. It's two teams that start with a chuss sound and they play in the same division. There we go. That's how I'm leading into this. This is going to be a pretty good game. Oh my God, right? Dude. This is going to be a pretty good game. Uh, but I think you basically just start everyone you were planning on starting. The like <sighs> everyone I'd, I'd maybe avoid the defenses because I think the Chargers are in the territory of a potential starting defense now. And I don't think I would. But I think a lot of fantasy football managers already have that level of common sense of not like dying to rush out the defense that's going up against Pat Mahomes. Um True. and yeah. other other than that, like I would also hope that they have the common sense not to play Nicole Hardman or Byron Pringle or whoever else is on that team, not named Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, or Patrick Mahomes. It's like start the usual suspects in this one. Sit the guys you would have sat anyway. Um, with the added note of maybe, you know, like these defenses have been sneaky in the past. This isn't the game to try it. Yeah, you know, and I guess like if I were to think about anything, I know that there are people kind of nervous about this. So, I mean, you still have to play him. I think at this point you still have to play him. We have not got we have not gotten to the point where you can leave CEH on your bench. He's a viable running back. Um, you know, again, like it hasn't been great. I'm not gonna pretend that it has, but I think at least for this week, you will kick yourself if you bench him and then he plays well. Um but I think I think long term we are seeing that there is a talent cap to this guy, and uh, those who are expecting the bounce back season are not seeing it. Yeah, I mean, God, he's a really oh gosh, I honest. My immediate reaction is just like yours, like yeah. I mean, given what you probably had to invest, you have to. But let's just let's just get ahead of this. I only have like one more thing to add after this anyway. Um, if this goes poorly again for the third week in a row, what are we doing with Clyde Edwards? <laughs> like, I think that like that, there's a real discussion that needs to be had at that point. Cause like, you can't like cut bait entirely. But, nope. Like, I don't know. Nope. He goes on your bench. You wait another week. If he sucks for another week, then you think about it. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I felt like it was important to just, you know, prime sure. people to maybe potentially start thinking about that. And then also, sure. uh, shout out the homeboy, Mike Williams. Keep killing it. Keep yep. doing your thing. You'll love to see it. Uh, yeah, dude. Oh, that, that's that's pretty good. Oh, but, oh. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Steelers against the team I definitely dislike the most. <laughs> The Cincinnati Bengals. Oh really? my gosh. So you dislike okay. the Bengals the most is it just because of the, all those playoff games? 
it's some of that. It's a little bit of Ryan Shazier, and it's also because as much as I despise the Ravens, there's, there's a, a mutual there's a mutual level of respect. Yeah. The one thing everybody it. can agree on is that he's not not big on the Bengals, but I'm not gonna get too deep with my fandom on that one. Uh this is gonna be oh my god. I I'm this is a divisional matchup. I'm a little too invested as a fan to talk about it first. <laughs> Just, I'm gonna let you go ahead. So this is a matchup that's going to be really interesting because you are probably going to have to play the healthy people that you would normally play. If Deontay's healthy, you're going to play him. You're probably going to play Claypool, though I would say there's a little wiggle room on that because you probably drafted Claypool a little later. You might be able to bench him. I am actually probably going to bench him this week, okay. but that's more because I can throw in Brandon Cooks instead. And as bad as I think the Texans game is going to be, Brandon Cooks is still a walking thousand yard season. Um, yeah. So, uh, but the Bengals, I think you have to play those guys as well. Even though the Steelers defense has shown some signs of life. I just think that offense is so high powered that you'll kick yourself if you leave those guys on your bench. Um, but then the Bengals could get crushed by that defense, especially in Pittsburgh division rivalry game. Uh, and then conversely, like the Steelers could have to run out Mason Rudolph, which could be a disaster. So like there's a real chance that like a bunch of guys you play in this game, it's going to backfire on you. But I think you still have to play them. Yeah. And like I will say, uh, just for those of you who roster Bengals players, I mean, like, man, oh, gosh, the injury report for the Steelers defense is no oh, man, like. If if things fire on all cylinders, then like yeah, you you're gonna want to increase that concern. But like, man, we were missing a lot of dudes. Got yeah, that the way the Raiders game ended up. Just like, I'd, I'll rant about that another time. But like, seriously, which is why you have like, to play those Bengals players who are already good exactly. anyway. Yeah, but you and I can both see the universe in which the Steelers show up and those guys have duds. For sure, yeah. I mean, like if if the defense is entirely healthy, you may want to be a little more hesitant. But just like throwing it out there. Like, it's something I'm concerned about just as a fan of the team, but also just even from a fantasy perspective, you do have to follow that. Don't be afraid. Like, keep an eye on the injury reports for defensive players. Like, I feel like, you know, like the smart players out there, you know, doing all that stuff. I mean, like, people are already doing that anyway. But, like, hey, you know, if you're, if you're listening out there and, like, you don't really pay a ton of mind to that stuff normally, you definitely got to do it. Because, I mean, hey, that's some key information there. I mean, gosh, the only other thing I really have to say on the subjects of this game would just be, like, then, you know, kind of like we were talking about a little bit earlier, just like see if that continued progression comes from Pat Fryermuth. I mean, honestly, if you're in a deep enough league and you have the bench spots, if you want to go ahead and stash them, like, sure. You know, like I, I said in the waiver article that came out yesterday, like, yeah, you know, like I didn't feel like anybody needed to be added. But, it, you know, and like on the podcast, I even said I was like, yo, if you're going to somebody, keep an eye on that, dude. If you want to be a week ahead of it, absolutely go for it. It could be interesting, but. Yeah, I don't know. You're you're going usual suspects with this game. There's nothing really a whole lot that needs to be parsed through, I would say, other than, like, you know, keep an eye on the Steelers' defense and also keep an eye on the injury report for Deontay Johnson. Um, Bears, Browns, that's the next one. I'm pretty sure we're going to get to see the first start for Justin Fields if things continue Are, to trend negatively for Andy Dalton. Would you say we're going to have a field day? Oh! There we go. Had to get it in. But yeah, so I mean, like, that's potentially very exciting. I'm really much looking forward to this. We've talked about our admiration for Justin Fields 
plenty of times. Don't really have to rehash that now, but hey, dude, be on the lookout for that. Justin Fields is going to be out there. Who will not be out there? Uh, Jarvis Landry, because he's on injured reserve. And then who knows what happens with Odell Beckham. So, I mean, I guess I'm going to, you know, kind of hand it off to you from that perspective first. Uh, just, I mean, the Nick Chubbs and the Kareem Hunts of the world, you know, doing your thing, whatever. Sure, of course you're going to play them. But as far as the passing game for the Browns, I mean, is there anything you care about? Because, oh boy. If you can afford to, there are two guys who might get their first NFL starts of the season in this game that I think you should just let comfortably go off on your bench. And that's Odell Beckham for the Browns and Justin Fields for the Bears. Browns defense is good. Uh, and oh, yeah. Fields struggled a little in his relief stint this past Sunday. So it's like, honestly, for me, unless you have to, I would leave Fields on the bench. I would leave Beckham on the bench. If you have to play him, you have to play him. But it's a situation I would prefer to avoid because I think they could need a minute to get going. And it's not a great matchup for Fields. It's not necessarily an amazing matchup for Odell, though. Again, he's talented enough to overcome the Bears, but the Bears have looked good at times. Um yeah, Chubb, definitely starting. Hunt, definitely starting. Um, Mayfield, if you're desperate, sure, but I think there's probably better options out there. Uh, on the Bears' side, you're starting Robinson. You could probably play Mooney, but I think that's getting into... The Mooney! I think that's getting into like questionable flex territory. Um, I'm honestly avoiding all the tight ends from this game because I don't know which ones the Browns are going to use and I don't trust the bears to use commit. Fair enough, but you know, just a deeper league consideration for people out there. You know how we feel about, and again, I'm not saying these names is like, Oh, you should start them. I mean, like obviously you get want to be very clear, but uh, Donovan people's Jones, he's been discussed. We love him. And also, uh, Demetric Felton, somebody that I really liked as a rookie, but again, probably this is for like obscenely deep shit for maybe some of you dynasty players, if anything else. But like, yeah, dude, I don't know. It's going to be kind of a messy fantasy game outside of the obvious, you know, suspects. Did so, you like him enough to make a waiver claim on him in our dynasty league this week? Because I'd, I'd love to know that. I may or may not have. I may or may not have. <laughs> But uh, yeah. So, Time I mean, to see uh, if I spend enough fab. Oh, gee, oh, oh, oh! All right. Well, it, oh, that's that's fun stuff. Um, here we go. Oh, dude, yo! All right, look, Loki. I'm actually pretty excited about this game. Ravens Lions. This could be kind of neat. And like, here, my first thing I just want to get out of the way. Jared Goff, not bad. Not bad. I've been kind of impressed. I'm not, not bad, lie. but not great. Not great. He's, he's like, not he bad. has not been good enough to win the games in the final stretch. Which is fine. You know, yeah, but that's, that's real life, you know, for sure. fantasy. I mean, dude, he's like, okay, check. QB no, eight, QB, I think. Oh, QB, uh, oh, QB nine right behind oh, Derek so Carr. Close. So it's like, yeah, bro. Like, dude, I mean, shit, man. Is it possible that the Lions offense is just simple enough? that Jared Goff is one of those dudes that you could just look as like, Hey, the streamer, I need one. Hey, you know, like, cause I've, I don't, there's a lot of weird stuff centered around his name. And there are people that feel one way or the other, you know, strongly or whatever about him. It's entirely possible that this dude is just like, 
Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, this will be an interesting game. I think, honestly, like, as much as I love the Sun God and still believe in the talent, Quintez Cephas is clearly a guy you need to be monitoring. Yeah. If you need some wide receivers. You got to be picking him up. He's the clear number one wide receiver on that team for me. I love Quintez Cephas. Oh, it's, oh, yes, dude. Hell yeah. Well, it, unless we're counting TJ Hawkinson, of course, because wow. Wow, 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 said wow, wow. Wide receiver, not receiver. I know, I know. I'm just saying, you know, it's just it's been incredible. You know, it also I will freely admit I did fade Hawkinson a little bit. I think he was still like my tight end, like five or six or something. But hey, hey man, got it. Hey, no, you got it, you gotta you got a victory lap the wins in addition to owning some of the questionable calls. I will definitely say that for sure. Um, then on like the Raven side of the ball, I mean, like you kind of already know what you're going to do. I guess like the only thing I really want to say for all intents and purposes, uh, if you have an IR spot, uh, Rashad Bateman should theoretically come back soon enough. It might be worth taking a stab on, especially as, you know, we were kind of alluding to earlier. There may be more of a shift in attention in the passing game to throwing to the wide receivers, kind of taking Andrews out of it. Just a little bit, just a little bit. And like, Hey, I don't know. Anything's possible, you know. Like if they really like Bateman as much as we think that they do, you know, maybe that could just be like, "Hey, thank you for your contribution there, Sammy Watkins. We're just gonna roll out with Bateman and Hollywood Brown." Possible. I'm just throwing out out there as a scenario. Again, doesn't really help you too much this week, but hey, thinking toward the future, I don't know. Is there any merit to that? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think we still got a little bit before Bateman comes back. Uh, I think. Not only is time on the IR, which makes him have to sit out a set number of games, um, but also I think the injury was severe enough that they expect him to miss essentially half the season. Um, yeah. So, you know, I would say if you have the IR spot, he's worth being on that IR spot. Um, for the Ravens, it's honestly like just all systems go with the running backs. If you have Tyson Williams, Latavius Murray, even you can start him this week. Um, yeah. And I really, I mean that with Murray. I think, I think Murray having another ten point game, which I think he had a ten point game last week in PPR. I, I wouldn't rule it out at all. That Detroit Lions defense just hemorrhages points to the running backs. Yeah, and for any of you that are a little nervous about the continued potency of the passing game, we saw the Lions lose another member of the secondary to a severe, seemingly severe injury whose name I cannot remember off the top of my head, but that is also in addition to Jeff Okuda, their former like top five overall pick that they had, you know, just to, you know, even last year, the year before, whatever the fuck it was. So like, yeah, dude, just, man, this seems like something you could definitely smash in that regard. Um, and then we move on to the saints and the Patriots. This could be intriguing. Uh, I don't really know that there's a whole lot of like super, deep like fantasy stuff we really need to get into other than like i don't know i mean like nelson Aguilar kind of went a little up and then back down after yeah. you know week one and two so i mean like if there's a level of confidence you want to put in him i don't know i mean the saints looked like they were able to get you know destroyed pretty good by the panthers there so i mean like does that mean anything to you i mean like i think there's three people in this game i'm playing damian harris patriots defense alvin Kamara. that's it yeah, because I mean, like the confidence after that, and it's it, it gets maybe it, jo if I have John U. Smith, then maybe John U. Smith because you probably yeah. don't have a better option. Um, but that doesn't mean I like it. Yeah, 
And you know, and like for the for the deeper leagues, if you're going to consider a wide receiver, the, the favorite would probably be Jacoby Myers. But I mean, that's there's there's not a yeah like receivers in this game across the board. Not really something you really nope. want to be Stay looking away. at. Yeah, this is this is a very running back centric game as far as fantasy goes. Um, Cards, yeah. Jags. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, if you missed out on the Panthers defense. <laughs> you i mean wow oh my god because in like look i will just go ahead and say this here are the list of players that i'm willing to start on the jacksonville jaguars silence for comedic effect see see? and there we go there it is folks those are the players (laughs) yeah i mean i'm tempted to caveat it with i would play marvin jones in a good matchup which i don't think this necessarily qualifies Marvin Jones will be on yeah. my bench this week. It's a um, tough secondary. It really is. But like if, if if the Jags play the Texans again, which they will, but I don't know if they do in the fantasy season, to be fair. Uh, but a team of that caliber. Then like, yeah, Marvin Jones has shown he's reliable, but that that's it. Like you're you're not touching the Jags, uh, who I think are the worst team in the league. I think it's safe to say that at this point. Um, you know, I'd say yeah. The line for the 0 2 teams, like the Giants have been scrappy, the Lions have been scrappy, um, the Colts at times, but they also simultaneously feel beaten down. And then the Vikings, I can't tell if they've been scrappy or unlucky. They've lost their games basically by like what a combined four points. Kicker, one of them was in overtime, yeah. Um, that's that's the Vikings for you, though. I mean, (laughs) you know, so the Jags are bad. The Cardinals are good. This will be just, you know, definitely playing Kyler Murray. You're definitely playing Chase Edmonds. I'd probably still play James Conner if you needed to. Uh, And then whoever your Cardinals wide receiver that you've decided to bet on in waivers, you know, you could probably run them out, whether it's Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, or AJ Green even, you know, I they're, they're all playable. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play Max Williams, but that's because I think that was a flash in the pan moment, not because he can't exploit this Jaguars defense. Yeah, you know, and I'm definitely with you. I mean, I can't get there with you on AJ Green, but especially as far as the James Conner shit goes, here's the thing, man. Like, you know, in like a huge part of, you know, what we have to do as, you know, fantasy managers doing all this stuff, just like, you know, like, you know, kind of like just, you know, get that crystal ball going, see what you can see the game script being. This game could be early and already over <laughs> you know yeah. so like we saw james connor's run get decreased from what we saw you know in week one but at the same time if they if they just pull out ahead that quickly i mean just they could just run him out there to do some janitorial shit and just fucking you know give him all that shit i could definitely see that as a possibility for sure so it's like yeah dude like man i'm definitely here for it and just one final notes i mean what are you doing with anybody who isn't Marvin Jones on the Jaguars? Like, cause <sighs> I, I am, I am among the group of people that was like Visca to the moon. You got to keep him like, on your roster another week. We've seen a flash already from them. Um, there is potential in that offense, though. I worry about the coaching that leads that offense. Um, you know, I, I think, I think for now, for now, you have to hold, just given the talent. Um, but it's getting close. I think it's get, it's it's, get, it's getting real close. 
And honestly, yeah. I think it's almost getting closer for James Robinson and Carlos Hyde than it is for the wide receivers. Yeah, so, I mean, you don't necessarily have to break up right now, but you may want to take him out to a nice nice lunch just to, you know, sit down and, you know, talk about some of the issues you have, you know, just if we're going to personify the issue here. Uh, you know, like, yeah, maybe you don't have to move on right now, but, man, dude, some decisions may have to be made after this week if things continue to trend in a poor direction. But, you know, there are a couple teams here that, you know, seem to be trending in more positive directions. If we're just going to flip the script real quick and send it on to the Washington football team and the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I I talked a little bit about Antonio Gibson at the top of the show. Don't really need to dig into that again. Um, you know, that could be interesting, you know, and we discussed in the waiver piece, you know, just like two quarterback leagues, I guess, if you needed to, you could play Heineke, but single quarterback, probably not considering it. Uh, shit. I mean, I don't know. Just like from a fan perspective, I'm a little interested in, in the potential involvement for Adam Humphreys, but you know, as far as like fantasy relevant players, I mean, like if you picked up JD McKissick, are you willing to play him? That's something on my mind. And then on the bill side of the ball, I mean, we've kind of talked a lot about the bills offense this episode. So I guess just kind of just go through and, you know, visit whatever aspects of this you feel are necessary. Cause I don't have a ton to say that we didn't already kind of talk about. Yeah. You got to play Allen. You got to play Diggs. I think you have to play McLaurin, even though I don't love the matchup. Um, you're probably having to play Logan Thomas. That's, that's about it. I, I like Heineke. I actually think he's got potential long term, um, both in fantasy and actually the NFL. Um, but this feels like a bad matchup. And so I would personally stay away. I think there's still enough options out there currently on waivers where you can afford to stay away. I don't think you have to play him. So I wouldn't. Um, but this could be a really good game. These are two pretty good teams. Um, and then the Bills, they have a wide receiver two problem in that they have three of them, but they can only make one of them the actual wide receiver two. So I think in this game, especially with Washington being a pretty good defense, you know, you might want to stay away from whomever you think the Bills wide receiver two is, but you might not have that option. You might have to play them. And it's like, it's just, it's a borderline call. It really is. I'm not going to go like, you're crazy. Or I'm not going to go like, uh, okay yeah i'm with you like i'm just like i'm avoiding it if i can uh the one thing i would say is probably given the injury concerns avoid gabe davis this week yeah if i'm going to recommend somebody who isn't stefan Diggs, i'm going to go ahead and tell you that if you have emmanuel sanders on your roster and you absolutely have to then like yeah sure i mean like i could see him being a fairly comfortable wide receiver three option um but then yeah i don't know i mean yeah, but that's uh, about it so, I mean, just like quickly before we move on, uh, did anything that happened with Zach Moss falling into the end zone twice make you feel any better? And nope. also the McKissick thing. I mean, are you, are you feeling good about uh, it? No. Uh, so right. McKissick, I think, is someone that you should be picking off of waivers. If you have to play him in desperation situations, you can. Uh, but don't be shocked if it doesn't go well. You know, like if you look at those stats, like, yes, he got utilized in high value situations, but he still only had six targets. Like he's not on pace for, I think the a hundred target season he had the other year, last year, whatever it ended up being. like, it wasn't quite to that extreme. Yeah. So 
it was nice to see him get that usage he got against the Giants. I think the Bills could be a tougher matchup. Um, I'd, I'd love to stay away if I could. All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, I'm here for it. Um, want to know a matchup I'm not staying away from? Go! <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Oh, for those of you that held on to the Broncos' defense, you're in for a treat. <laughs> you are in Let's for go. a treat. Oh, the almighty Jets. I have interest in playing only Corey Davis if I have to on the Jets. So on to the Broncos. <laughs> I mean, yeah, shit, I would I'm, say like, yeah, maybe the pick only... up Michael Carter. Yeah, that was but yeah, like, play him. Exactly. Like, that's really the only piece of it that is like kind of relevant for them, because like it was frustrating week one to see him kind of get lost in the shuffle there. But like, you know, he amassed some yards last week. I mean, hey, you know, he may be peeking through those tunnels sooner than we thought. But yeah, I mean, shit, dude. That's really about all there is for the Jets. So, like, tell me about the Broncos. Yes. Okay. So, if you have the defense, I mean, for oh, dear Christ, there's a reason that they were a great choice for you to have to roll out at the beginning. It's, you know, it's been a little wonky, but, you know, they they haven't necessarily killed you and the schedule has been favorable. It's, it's culminating with this. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. At this point, you, you feel better about Melvin Gordon than Javante Williams. The pass catchers, you kind of just have to continue to roll the dice with whatever it is. Uh, I will say one player that didn't come up when we were talking about like buy low, sell high, just because I'm kind of just like in a weird mood about him or whatever. Uh, Cortland Sutton, you know, if we look in PPR scoring, you know, currently sitting at the wide receiver 33, like tied there with DK Metcalf, but like, he's received enough targets you know and you know it's 10 receptions for 173 yards on his part he just hasn't found the end zone so i mean like it's not like he's been horrible per se so i mean like you know if you are a little nervous about that then you know don't be but the person right behind him in scoring at wide receiver 35 uh tim patrick you know what I mean? Like, hey, if you are having to pick between, you know, like, you know, the, I know there's some people out there, you know, being like, oh, KJ Hamler could be interesting. Huh? But like, no, nah, it kind of seems like Tim Patrick's the dude. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, you're playing Sutton, you're playing Tim Patrick, you know, that's, I, I feel good about that. Because, you know, we've been talking about some of these lower end wide receivers, you know, quote unquote, I suppose. If you're going to feel comfortable playing any of these, you know, non-superstar names, this is a great week to roll out Tim Patrick. You know, <laughs> so that's 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 a thought that I've had. Yeah. So the only thing I'd say with that Cortland Sutton thing and why he didn't get included in that by low uh, is because he was wide receiver four last week in PPR. So I, I think yeah. I think it is all systems go. You should be playing him every week from here on out, even the bye week. He's that good. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. That zero will look great. <laughs> Best zero you'll have. Look, like you could either have negative points from Ronald Jones in your flex, or you could have zero points from Cortland Sutton. I'm just I saying. Mean, I mean, hey, it's pretty tempting. It's pretty tempting. Oh my god. We'll, we'll get we'll get to Rojo in a minute. Oh here, dear but god. Are are we ready to go to the Raiders Dolphins? Yes, and I will just commandeer the ship real quick. If Tua Tagovailoa does not play. I really don't give a shit about anybody besides Miles Gaskin. There it is. That's the Dolphins. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd I'd say you could maybe play Jalen Waddle if you had to, but I think yeah. the 
if you had to is the more important part of that sentence than well, the you like, could play Jalen Waddle part. Waddle Tim Patrick. Let's just tie it back Tim to what Patrick. we were just talking. Say again, just yeah. you know, shit like that. Yeah. Even tying it back a little further, Emmanuel Sanders in his matchup or whatever, or Jalen Waddle. Assuming would, Jacoby Brissett's quarterback. Like, I would actually maybe take Jalen Waddle because I actually firmly believe Jalen Waddle is the top wide receiver in that offense already. Fair enough, but it is it's closer than we would like to admit that it is, unfortunately. And you know, sure. Yeah. Sure. So it, just it's worth it's at, like it's worth a question. I didn't like, you know, totally like scoff at you for bringing for it sure, up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, like be on the lookout. You know, two is uh two at health is really going to be like a looming thing over this game for sure. And then on the Raiders side of the ball, I mean, shit, dude. I mean, I talked about it with, you know, the homeboy Peng on the waiver wire episode that dropped yesterday. Like, man, dude, this Raiders offense is like incredibly potent. Like, I mean, like mm-hmm. even like even like the three receivers in Ruggs, Edwards and Renfro, they seem to have like they have very specifically tailored roles, but each of them is really good at doing that thing. So I mean, I don't know if Ruggs is probably the one I feel best about starting for sure of the three of them but even then like there were some penalties that you know had some you know some points taken away from brian edwards so man i don't know because it'd be like Derek carr assuming the ankle's fine you're playing him we've talked about this yes please dear god because even though the dolphins defense is good one of the last couple of weeks the raiders have played really good defenses and he's been fine he's the eighth best quarterback in fantasy Derek carr's here baby so like yeah and then waller with this the obscene Shit. I mean, well, plus, I mean, if Darren Wall is your tight end, you're not considering anything else anyway. So, I mean, I, I don't know. The Raiders, outside of the obvious, anything? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, the only thing I would say is, I honestly, if I had to start one Raiders wide receiver, I think I would start Hunter Renfro, a.k.a. the slot machine. I dig it. Um, Ruggs is a little volatile, a little mercurial. I think this past week we saw what we hope he could be what he flashed at Alabama. Um, But, you know, he did it on, I think, basically the same number of targets as Renfro. I'm like going through and checking the game logs here real quick. He might have outperformed him a little. Yeah. Uh, So Henry Ruggs, five receptions, seven targets. Hunter Renfro, five receptions, seven targets. But you go back a week, Henry Ruggs, two receptions, five targets. Hunter Renfro, six receptions, nine targets. Like the target share is better. The issue is no touchdown so far for Renfro, whereas, uh, you know, Ruggs, he just he has that ability to just take off that Renfro doesn't have. And so he had a really explosive game on the same amount of targets. So Ruggs is the upside play for sure. But if I had to start one, I actually weirdly think it's Renfro. I dig the vibe. I dig the vibe. I mean, honestly, any one of them could be any one of them could be viable in this. Uh, yeah, just keep an eye on those Raiders wide receivers. You know, definitely, you know, stash the available ones on your bench. So, oh, if Josh Jacobs is out, don't play Peyton Barber. We saw everything we needed to see. Oh, my, yeah, yeah, there we go. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Uh, ah, geez. Well, we have a couple of mailbag questions, so let's kind of just you know speed through whatever part of this we have left. Uh, coming down the home stretch, yeah. I mean, Seahawks, Vikings. I mean, like, my one big note uh, keep track of Dalvin Cook's health if for some reason he is ruled out. I mean, we had our back and forth about Alexander Madison before the season starts. Uh, you kind of know how we feel about him. Um, could be interesting. I don't know. We just saw Derrick Henry run all over the Seahawks defense, so. 
that could yeah, be something. I think all three wide receivers are playable for the Vikings as well. Uh, Kirk Cousins seems to be playable for the Vikings as well. Um, probably would avoid the defense, even though they've looked a little better uh, than we expected them to be. The Seahawks is an incredibly high-powered offense. Um, and then on the Seahawks, I think my one question to you would be, Freddie Swain, a thing or not? Oh, my God. I don't know, man. I mean, like, decent prospect, you know, coming into the league. I mean, like, it's possible, but I mean. It is okay to say or not. I feel like that's where we're leading to. No, because he's like NFL player. He's a good NFL mover for fantasy. I mean, like, I'm not ready to get there yet. So, no. Uh, But, you know, so, yeah. Just like if I'm going to take a shot on a lesser name wide receiver in this game, it would be KJ Osborne. I mean, we talked about him. He's been yes. involved with the Vikings for two weeks in a row. I mean, like, yeah, that's Absolutely a guy you got. It's a guy you got a roster. He's been doing really well. So, you know, there's that. And, uh, you know, for those of you panicking on uh, me loving Gerald Everett, I'm sorry. Oh, but uh, it, looked, hey. it looked decent after one week. Hey, you know, we'll, we'll see how this one goes. Uh, yeah. And then we get into uh, Buccaneers Rams. I'm just going to go ahead game. and just, Oh, great game. But just like, Oh, Oh, fuck. I've already dropped Ronald Jones in a couple weeks. I don't care anymore. Oh, I'm then, holding on for dear life, but he's not going into my lineups. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm holding him. I'm holding him where I have to. But like, God damn it. It's fucking frustrating. Uh, Yeah, you know, kind of copy and paste the things that we said about the, you know, Buccaneers wide receivers from before. And then the Rams summit. The only th- the only thing I really feel like we need to watch for is the health of Daryl Henderson. If for any reason he was to miss the game, it's a fairly robust run defense for the Buccaneers in a pinch. If you had to, ah, that's a, that's not the best way to phrase this question. So if <laughs> Daryl Henderson doesn't play, where are you thinking about Michelle? So I was actually going to ask you, I think the question on the Rams here. So with the Buccaneers, I agree. We like kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah. You're probably going to have to play the wide receivers that are Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. You're probably going to stay away from Antonio Brown. Um, though some people I'm sure will play him. You're staying away from those running backs. You're playing Tom Brady. Uh, you're playing Gronk. You're probably avoiding the defense, but for the Rams, Tampa Bay's run defense has been really good. Yeah. You're probably playing Daryl Henderson, but are you actually playing Sony Michelle if Henderson's out? I mean, that's the, you know, just, I mean, obviously it's dependent on the situation, but just in a vacuum, if I'm going to say right now, if I know Daryl Henderson not playing on Sunday, I mean, he'd probably be in like lower end flex consideration in my right. rankings for the week that I, I fair. don't make. <laughs> like, you know, but like, yeah, I mean, like, you're I playing would... him because of the v- potential volume. Even exactly. though you know there's a chance it won't work out. Okay, yeah. second question then. Van Jefferson, we've seen this Buccaneers pass defense get exploited. Are you playing Van Jefferson this week? Not in any sort of like traditional two wide receiver format, but in a deeper league, especially ones where you're starting three wide receivers. Three wide receiver, it... two flex. That's dart throw, I, I sure. Okay. I guess, I guess. Okay. I mean, like, not with any semblance of confidence, but at the same time, sure. I, I really like Van Jefferson. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I think sure. he's he's had a good season so far. I think he gets limited usage. That's going to be his issue. But, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He's clearly the wide receiver three in that offense now. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. And, you know, as the season continues to unfold, it could be interesting to see 
where this goes for him. But, uh, oh, oh, here we go. The Clash of the Titans. Your love of Aaron Rodgers versus your love of the San Francisco 49ers in primetime. Let's go. Which jersey are you wearing? I'm going to wear <laughs> my Jimmy Garoppolo jersey under my Aaron Rodgers jersey under my Jimmy Garoppolo jersey because I have two Jimmy Garoppolo jerseys, so I can do that. Uh, by the way, how's everyone feeling about Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, 2-0, and looking pretty good, pretty mistake-free. And, like, that Eagles team seems like it's at least solid. Like, I get that Detroit has, like, been scrappy at, for quarters at a time, but, like, this team is not rushing to play Trey Lance. I felt like I could not stop screaming it from the mountaintops. They're going to throw him in in situations. They're going to use him as a valuable asset. But, like, if Jimmy keeps playing like this, he's the starting quarterback. He was fantasy relevant this past week. Yes, yes. I don't. And, you know, like, like you know, we got to we got to save time way, a little here. But by the way, don't don't <laughs> don't play Jimmy Garoppolo in fantasy like he was borderline fantasy relevant this past week. Like it's. I would be shocked if he runs the ball that much in a game again in his career. Like it was pretty awesome to see though. Um, this is going to be a great game. There's going to be two playoff teams going up against each other and uh, San Francisco is going to win. I think you can play the pass catchers you like from San Francisco, which at this point is probably just Debo and Kittle. Um, if Elijah Mitchell is healthy, you're playing him. If he is not, Big question. You're monitoring yeah, the situation very closely. There's a chance Trey Sermon will make it through concussion protocol. If Mitchell is out and Sermon is in, you may want to play Sermon. Um, I think you're still benching Jimmy Garoppolo, as I just mentioned. Uh, and then the Packers, you know, I think anyone you felt comfortable playing in that Detroit game, you know, that's about it. And when I say comfortable, I mean truly comfortable. That means no MVS. So it is Rodgers. Adams, Jones, Tanyan, maybe that's it. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I just, just my like vague contribution to this is just watch the Niners' backfield, whether it's injury report or people being brought up onto from the practice squad, brought onto the practice squad. It could be a fucking mess. Holy shit! Just like, just follow it, follow it. <laughs> like, there's. I, there's a real chance that Jacques Patrick or is it Jacques Jacques is like, what is the pronunciation? I, honest, I, to honestly, me, it looks like Jacques. No um, yeah. but Patrick. Like, uh, what was it? A former twins outfielder, Jock Jones. I think he spelled yeah, it the yeah. same way. So there we so go. <laughs> they have to put him on the active roster and they have to put him there for a couple of weeks. That means they believe in this guy to a degree. I would officially put him ahead of the carry on Johnsons of the yeah, world. No, like I mean, expect, he got elevated. So yeah. I mean, fuck, you know, you ex can't argue ex that. Expect Patrick to be the lead back if Sermon and hasty and Mitchell are out. And unfortunately we know that hasty is out. Uh -oh, um, but yeah, that's definitely something to monitor. Uh, Eagles Cowboys wrap it up. Yeah, I'll hold back my tears about Hasty until after the show. Uh, oh, Cowboys. I mean, I said, so, yes, uh, full disclosure, after we are done recording this, I will be working on an article coming out on footballabsurdity.com about how I feel about the Zeke versus Pollard thing. Uh, it makes me nervous. If you want a longer explanation, we could 
find a way to add time to the show, which is impossible, or you could just, you know, get my feelings on that later whenever that publishes. I'll let you know. Check my Twitter. Uh, that's something I'm really following. The Zeke Pollard shit. That's the fucking highlight here. Uh, I mean, shit. I mean, you're, you're playing the guys that you were going to play on both sides of the ball anyway, but I mean, as far as Philly goes, this could be a really interesting opportunity for the pass catchers. You know what I mean? It's like, Wes Watkins has been okay, but, you know, a little more so in, like, the Jalen Rager department. I guess if, you, you know, you really want to, sure. This would be a big week for Devontae Smith, sure. And uh, Ertz on the, the COVID shit. There yep. we go. Big news for Dallas Goddard. So, I mean, hey, you know, if you were waiting on that, check it out. Moments here, baby. Woo! Ball the yeah. fuck out, Dallas Goddard. I think I just have one question for you. What's up? Got a player from each team. I'm going to ask you if you're starting him. For the Eagles, are you starting Kenny Gainwell? Hmm. I could see the argument as a flex, yeah, sure. For the Cowboys, are you starting Tony Pollard? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Even though it's a bad matchup in theory. Yeah, well, so are the last couple. And Pollard sure. and Sure, you know, just, okay. Yeah, because like that it. level of involvement, yeah. It's sure, just, you know, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely, there is a league that we are in, our home league, and I'm going to pick up Tony Pollard this week, and you best believe he's going to my RB2 slot. So I agree. I just wanted to have it for the record there. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. On to the mailbag. Woohoo! Yeah, coming in first from Teddy Mason at Ted Moss or Ted Mass. Probably Mass, not Moss, whatever. Ted Miss. Uh, th- Ted Miss, yeah. Thank you for asking the question, Ted Miss. And if you're worried, uh, make sure you get your Ted Miss shot. It's a very, very serious. Uh... Okay, so uh, straight up. Cortland Sutton for TJ Hawkinson. I am in the camp of, uh, yeah. Yeah. If you can (laughs) get Hawkinson this trade, make the trade. If you are trading Hawkinson for Sutton, we're we're led to believe this is straight up Sutton for Hawkinson. But just to cover the bases, if it is Hawkinson for Sutton, no. If it is Sutton for Hawkinson, yes. And it is that simple. I don't care what format it is. Like, unless it is a zero tight end format. And honestly, even then, if you still would have a flex spot in that format, I would still do it because then you could flex Hawkinson. Ah, that ass, 100%. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, and then, uh, oh, the homie Andrew Hayslip. What up? At FF underscore A Hayslip. Who do you have ranked rest of season ahead of Cooper Cup? I'll make mine quick just because... I don't have any of that stuff like fleshed out right now, but I'll tell you what, it's not going to be more than 11 other players at least because I have at least as things, as things stand cup is a locked in wide receiver one option for the rest of the season. So I don't have a specific answer, but I'll tell you it's not more than 11 other players or 12 other players or whatever. Like, yeah, wide receiver one for sure. I can't think of anyone. I honestly can't. If if that monster target share maintains, then it would be hard to argue. Anyone. <laughs> so I, t- I talk about this in the Sunday Storylines article that we dropped on Monday. That target share has been so consistent. and We even saw it stay consistent with Robert Woods getting more work. Stafford clearly loves him. And I'm just like, I'm looking at who currently... You know, like, I do like C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb's been great. 
but like even then, like CeeDee Lamb's currently at like wide receiver 12. You know, Devontae Adams is not having like the greatest time. Justin Jefferson's not like a lot of these studs that we've had are not having the greatest time, but Cooper Cup has been a stud in the past. And I just yeah. I cannot like maybe DeAndre Hopkins with as high powered as the Arizona offense is, but that's like about it. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's it's pretty hard to it's pretty hard to argue for a, a lot of other players. Yeah. I mean, shit, yo, dude. If you if you invest in a Cooper Cup, you're having yourself a good time, and props on you. Yeah, there you go. There we got the double thumbs up. Yeah, there you go. Which you can't I, see, but you are now hearing. So there it is. I got <laughs> him auto drafted to me in the league. <laughs> okay. Well, I, dude, I was in a league. My internet connection slipped, and I got auto drafted in the five six turn. DeAndre Swift and Cooper Cup. Oh dear God, that is incredibly fortunate. And oh, my God. you know what else is incredibly fortunate? This is not the last time that people are going to be, you know, seeing content from us for the rest of this week because we have a ton of other things coming out. Even though this is the end of the lateral show, this episode, we got some other stuff coming up. We do. We got some other stuff coming up. You can follow me on Twitter at Herms NFL. You know, I got that piece that I told you about coming out from Football Absurdity. Check that out. If you're nervous about Zeke, I'll let you know how I feel about it. And then, you know, get the boom bust picks coming out here. We got some other fun stuff coming out here. You know, I've got some fun uh, bonus podcasts planned for the future. So just you know, keep your eyes peeled for that shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot other than that to plug into or plug into. That was a weird phrase. What do you got? <laughs> So uh, I believe for the rest of the season, my content is going to be highly scheduled, which it has been so far. So Monday, we had the Sunday storylines come out. Yesterday, we had yesterday being Tuesday, the waiver wire article come out today being Wednesday, you'll have the a week to early waiver wire article coming out Thursday, my heat check article for ball blast will drop Friday. We're going to have boom bust dropping for the lateral, which is a Herms McLateral, the lateral duo collab, John. Uh, and then Saturday, Rolling in the Deep continues to roll on through on Pro Football Mania. Then Sunday, I will be doing my live AMA again, provided I don't sleep in. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, everyone who participated. Um, still figuring that one out because it was a little difficult to write the article and do the AMA at the same time. So I might do a brief AMA and then write my article rather than like trying to do the whole behind the veil, show you the process thing. Cause the goal is just to provide whatever's the most useful content to people. So that one's still a work in progress. Everything else pretty much set in stone. You know where to find me. You can find me on Twitter at McLateral FF. You can find me at the lateral. You can find me at ball blast football. You can find me at pro football mania. You can Catch me outside. How about that? How about that? At the lateral FF, www.thelateralff.com. We'll see you next week, friendos. Woohoo! Yeah. Beep-boop. Follow the lateral on Twitter at the lateral FF and check out the website, www.thelateralff.com. Beep-boop. <laughs>